Good morning, Nachum. <clears throat> Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Pasha's Noach. We are moving. Pasha's Noach, we cover the second thousand years of civilization. We go from Noach to Avraham. And there, while there are no actual mitzvos of the 613 in Pasha's Noach, there are so many, so many real powerful lessons that we can learn from this parsha, and I'd like to just share one with you in a moment. There are two major happenings in the parsha. The first, more than probably half the parsha, deals with the door Hamabul, the generation of the flood that unfortunately was destroyed, washed out, and the second part of the parsha towards the end in chapter 11 we find the Dora Flaga, the generation that uh, rebuild against Hashem wanting to build a uh, city and a tower to number one fight against Hashem up in the heavens to put supports on the heavens so that every 1656 years when they so that's when the first flood came. Well, the next flood would come that time. They attributed all to chance, all to, quote, nature, not realizing that it's all Kodesh Baruch Hu. Interesting, before we focus on the early part of the parasha, just take a look for a moment. The Dor Hamabul, the generation of the flood, whereby the Torah tells us what was their problem. But Himaleha Oretz, Hamas, <clears throat> the earth was filled filled with violence, robbery. Hashem says, "Man cannot live with man. <clears throat> the world must be destroyed." The door haflaga, the generation of the dispersion, man was getting along very well with man. It was only <clears throat> an affront against Hashem. When it's an affront against Hashem, <clears throat> that Hashem can tolerate. Therefore, He disperses them. He confounds their languages. They don't understand one another. People begin to, quote, think for themselves. Ah, that's when Avram Avinu can come on the scene. Okay, I'd like to take a fresh look at the very beginning of Pasha's Noach and ask a very basic question. I do not, God forbid, want to take away anything from the Torah, not a single letter. But there is, in the modern technological term, cut and paste. What does that mean? I want to take something which is maybe a little bit later and put it a little bit earlier. If you open your Chumash and you follow the flow, what are we told? Hashem begins by, unfortunately, putting out in front of us that, as we mentioned a moment ago, the land was full of violence, and therefore, and that's repeated twice, and therefore, God says, I have to destroy the earth. Then what? Then, interestingly, He doesn't tell us how He's going to destroy it, he says to Noach in Pasuk Yudalid, 
Make for yourself an ark. And the Torah then goes on to devote three verses to the dimensions and the compartments of the ark. Verse 14, verse 15, and 16. Okay? And only after that, that he's told him to make an ark, does Hashem tell him how he is going to destroy the world, namely by bringing a flood of waters. Wait a second. Should not logic have dictated? Hashem should have said verse 17 first, namely, I have to destroy the world. I'm going to destroy it with a flood. And then afterwards to say to Noah, that which we find in 14, 15, 16, this is what you should do to build the ark. It's a very interesting question. The late Lubavitcher Rebbe, Zechat Tzadik Levracha, has a very powerful insight into this verse. And basically, if I'm understanding the Rebbe correctly, the Rebbe is saying, number one, that it didn't have to be that way. Namely, Hashem says, I'm going to destroy. You make a teva. You make an ark. And by your making an ark, before I even pronounce the words, ani hinani mevi mabul, before I even pronounce the words that I'm going to be a flood, no, the people are going to ask you, hey Noah, what are you doing? Ah, you're going to say, look here, Hashem is upset with mankind, Hashem says you better change your ways. And therefore, Noah is to build the ark, even before Hashem tells him that there's going to be a flood. Moreover, Rashi raises the question, namely, that Harbe Revach Solo Lefanov, there are many ways that Hashem could have saved Noah. Why did he impose on Noah to build the Teva? What does it mean when he says in verse 14, Make for yourself. What's this make for yourself? Why couldn't he say, Make an ark? And interestingly, Rashi goes on to say, that the people of the generation should see that Noah was engaged in this for 120 years. You know what that means, my friend? That every nail, every plank, every aspect of the ark was built by Noah himself. Why couldn't Noah hire a whole crew of workers and in within a month's time the whole thing would have... No, Hashem wants him to do it. And this points out the Rebbe is a very powerful idea. And that is that at different times, different persons are given different responsibilities and they can change the world. They can change, in this case here, the bigger world. Had Noah only spoken out to the people as they were looking at this gradual growth of this ark over 120 years. No, what are you doing? Ah, if you don't shape up, Hashem is going to destroy the world. Had Noah gone out to the people 
and campaigned on behalf of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the whole world would have been different. And we find so many situations whereby in our history there could have been plan A and there's plan B. There could have been L'Chatzchila, the preferable, and there's the acceptable. We could have been in Gan Eden had Adam not eaten. We could have been spectators at Sinai had the Jewish people not risen to the occasion and said, wait a second, we don't want to be spectators. Oh, you want prophecy? Then you have to prepare three days, I'll teach you Elisha. And then guess what? We experience prophecy at that time like Moshe Rabbeinu, literally Pet El Peh, the Jewish people were, quote, oversleeping because they were expecting to get the prophecy in a dream. And what does Moshe do? Wake up, wake up, he says to the people. And that's why we have that, commemorate this by staying awake all Shavuos night. They overslept because they were expecting the prophecy to come in a dream. And Hashem does it to them, wow, in person. And therefore our attachment to Torah is so strong to this very day because our grandparents all the way back, they personally, not one man, Moshe, but they personally, another situation where man and his perspective can change history. So here too, Noah had that opportunity, and unfortunately, as we know, Noah blew it. And that's why, according to the Zohar, the floodwaters are called May Noah. And the Zohar says it's because, unfortunately, Noah was partially responsible for the flood because he did not speak out. And so, I really believe that there is a special opportunity knocking on our door today. We have to ask ourselves, and nobody knows, but clearly we're living in very special times. We're living in a pandemic. There's got to be a reason for it. And let's take a look at what's going to be in two weeks, namely by Avram Avinu. Now, we have to believe that Avram Avinu did chesed all his life. As the Torah tells us, towards the end of Ayera, Vayita Eshel Biver Sheva. Avram Avinu planted an Eshel tree. What does that mean? Achilo Shesiolino. He had an inn. And people were able to come and go. He fed them. He gave them a place to lodge. And when they thanked him, he said, No, no, don't thank me. Thank Hashem. So what did Avram do? Avram was reaching out and touching his generation which unfortunately Noah did not do. But yet we don't find that in the merit of Avraham and his chesed, the Jewish people merited various different um, blessings from Hashem, except for that one time at the very beginning of Parshas Vayera, whereby, oh, the Medrash teach us, that those things which Avram did by himself, then his descendants were privileged to have directly from God. And so Hashem rains down from the heaven, personally, man from the heaven, because Avram Avinu personally gave bread to the, um, to the guests. And that which was done through a shaliach, here too, was done through an emissary. Why? So there is a very powerful statement in Avos to Rav Nasan, chapter 3, paragraph 6, whereby 
we're taught, Tov loli adam davar echad b'tsaar mimeya berevach. We don't pick and choose the circumstances to do our mitzvos, but if you have an opportunity to do a mitzvah at a more challenging time, and you succeed in doing that mitzvah and rising to the occasion, that's worth more than a hundred opportunities of doing mitzvah when it was not in challenging time. We all agree that we're living today in very challenging times. And therefore, halavai, we use this opportunity to rise to the occasion. If we are more at home, confined to our homes during this time, stop. Maybe it is because it's that opportunity to work on shalom bayis, to make sure that the entire environment in the home is much more loving. Perhaps it's that opportunity to work harder on the relationship with our children, to appreciate that which we don't have, to appreciate the Beisach Knesses, to realize that unfortunately, maybe when we were in the Beisach Knesses, unfortunately, I might have been there physically, but maybe I was too distracted on my phone with my fellow, and that unfortunately I did not utilize the Beisach Knesses in the way that I could have, should have. To have another appreciation at Smachot, we get phone calls all the time from people, I wish I could invite you. And what do we say? What are you, crazy? Come on. No, I can only have 50 people. I can only have 100 people, 50 from my side, whatever it is, etc. V'chulu, v'chulu. And what does that mean? It means that our whole understanding, guess what? The wedding took place with only 50 people. And we don't need a wedding of 500 people. And we don't need to spend and to spend and to spend. It helps us put things into the right perspective. And so, Parshas Noach, with the what appears to be the inverted order, Hashem doesn't tell him that he's going to bring a flood until after he tells him to build the ark. The idea is that maybe, not maybe, my friends, the flood didn't have to happen. Had the people only risen to the occasion, had the people, had Noah only grabbed the opportunity to quote-unquote speak out and not just touch someone, but to touch so many, he could have changed history forever. And this opportunity, I really believe, is knocking at each and every one of our doors to see how we can find the silver lining in this most challenging and difficult times. Shabbat Shalom to all.